Are you ready to become toxic person proof? Hey guys, Sarah K. Ramsey here to help you find love and success after a toxic relationship so you can design a life you're actually excited about living. Hello, wonderful. This is Sarah and I'm here with Lisa Hawkins, who is, her website is Consciously Awake Counseling, and her message is about bringing more consciousness into dating and our relationships, and of course, into toxic relationships. Lisa, how are you? I'm very well. Thank you for having me. This is an honor. Oh, well, it's an honor to have you as well. Uh, so, we talked about discussing how to leave a toxic relationship. What is a toxic relationship? So what, so what is your view on toxic relationships? Yeah, it's a broad term, isn't it? Um, it is. That's why I that. Yeah. <laughs> what is a toxic relationship? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it's a term that's uh, very overused. So uh, to break it down, and this is my expertise, my opinion. Toxic relationships are relationships that are not as supportive and healthy, that bring us down and make us feel horrible about ourselves and question our valuable, our how valuable and worthy we are. And that's what's toxic. You know, anything, and, and obviously it's it's for us to bring ourselves back up, but anything that is constantly chipping away at your self-worth and you struggle with, uh, on a day-to-day basis and you don't feel supportive and heard to me is a toxic relationship. Mm-hmm. And I always like the answer when it's about your experience versus their mm-hmm. behavior, because if we had a group of 13 year old girls and we were like, okay, if he lies on you, he lies to you. If he cheats on you, if he uh, steals your phone and looks through it, if he hides money, do you think that's a toxic relationship? But all those 13-year-old girls would say, yeah, that's no good. But then we're 33 and it's like, well, but I'm not sure if that's toxic or not. You know, and so there is an incredible disconnect in what's happening and then what happens to us within those relationships to start um, paint those red flags pink. Yes, and certainly there's a difference between unhealthy and toxic. Ooh, uh, what's your experience uh, between unhealthy and toxic? Well, unhealthy is is what you described with the 13-year-old. So, you know, hiding phones and, you know, and looking into someone else's phone and, and all those things that seem petty or unhealthy. Those mm-hmm. possibly could be worked through. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be growth from those experiences, right? But a toxic relationship is pretty difficult, if not impossible, in some situations to work through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm glad you said that because there's so much hope attached to those relationships. And the, yeah, I had an author on here before you recently on the podcast. And she said, oh, I just thought if I worked a little harder, I can make the relationship work, which I call smart girl syndrome, right? Uh, Oh, let me, there's never been a problem I hadn't solved and I can solve this problem too. That attitude. Have you seen that as well? Oh yeah. I lived it. Yeah. If I read enough books, if I went to therapy enough, uh, it was all on me though, because I thought I could fix it. Mm -hmm. You can't fix someone else's issues. Uh, You can't fix someone's unhealed wounds and you cannot make someone want to change. So. Now, you have some wisdom to bring to us on leaving a toxic relationship. What, uh, what do you think is important for our listeners to know? 
Well, it depends on how toxic. Obviously, you know, and this is Domestic Violence Month, so I always like to bring up that awareness that toxic relationships can turn into domestic violence. And domestic violence isn't always physical abuse. It can certainly be severe emotional abuse or feeling oppressed or trapped or controlled in some way where you cannot get out and you don't feel safe. So that's one end of the spectrum. So the other end of the spectrum is our brains are hijacked in uh, toxic relationships. And I've heard you speak of this also. It's very difficult to leave a toxic relationship, but awareness of what's going on with you physically, that your brain's hooked, that you're going to have withdrawal symptoms and have a support around you to help you not go back to something that's unhealthy. That's, in my opinion, that's the best way to leave a toxic relationship. Otherwise, you're going to probably get caught up in the roller coaster of the chemistry and the pining over the good times, forgetting the bad times, and then going back and having this you know, yo-yo effect. So I'm glad you pointed out two different strategies needed and two different safety plans. You have the physical safety plan. Mm -hmm. Where am I going to go? How am I going to live? Um, Where am I going to live? How do I protect myself legally? Uh, Make sure my kids are okay. Um, Not break the law, not hurt myself long term, you know, the the physical component of actually physically leaving. And then you also talked about having an emotional safety plan Mm -hmm. of how am I going to handle the withdrawals? Because you're exactly right. It doesn't make sense to anyone on the outside. Like, you know, of course, you're not going to get sucked back in. Of course, it was terrible. So it was terrible. So you're not going to go back. And um, it's if only it were that easy. You know, if only it were that easy. Really, if only it was that easier. Wouldn't the world be different if women, uh, and I'm not saying men don't go through this, but because we're speaking to women uh, in general, do not know how to do this and how different would the world be? How much better would we act in our daily lives if we had that confidence and we raised our girls to have that confidence to be able to leave something that's unhealthy? Mm -hmm. Instead, I feel that society supports a lot of the toxic behaviors And so that it's even more difficult when you hear people throw out cliches. (laughs) Uh, Like uh, it takes, you know, two to uh, break a relationship or, you know, you have to put 100 percent in no matter how, you know, little they're putting in. You're responsible for your 100 percent. What are some other do any other cliches? Those are the ones that pop up to my mind. Well, I think the most toxic one, in my opinion, being a a survivor of domestic violence was um, just leave, Mm -hmm. just leaving as if it's that simple. It's not. And, um, you know, the other ones, well, just work on yourself and everything will work out okay. You know, work on yourself and and then you can make your relationship shift. Um, There is some validity to that. But I think that women take it to heart and they just dive into changing themselves as if that's going to fix the relationship. So when you hear these cliches, process them, think them through, rationalize, sit with them and don't internalize them. And I've also seen that with boundaries, you know, okay, well, the problem of the relationship is you didn't stand up for yourself. Or you didn't have good boundaries. And it's like, no, the problem in the relationship is you were with a toxic partner. Mm -hmm. So if you stand up to a toxic partner, it could turn violent. 
it's not always that you just stand up for yourself as if that's the solution. Um, So that comes to mind too with dangerous advice. It does. And boundaries, uh, boundaries are, are an inward job as well as an outward job. And if you're not secure within yourself and you try to stand up for yourself and you're shaking and they sense that vulnerability, they will take advantage of it. Um, yeah, it's like learning to ride a bike. You know, boundaries are something you have to develop over time if you if you have lax boundaries. So it's not just stand up for yourself. You know, you have a lot of self-work that you have to develop to back up that boundary. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, what else do you wish women knew about leaving a toxic relationship? Well, you know, hmm, what should they know about leaving one? I, I suggest that they read books like Dina McMillan's book on Buddy Loves Me, where she talks about the things that you need to look for that most women wouldn't notice. You know, like it's good one minute and then all of a sudden he throws this remark out and then you feel awful and you know and then it's like well the good times were great the chemistry so wonderful and then you're hooked on the chemistry and so then you just overlook the bad thing so when you decide to get out of a toxic relationship there's a lot of mental preparation that you have to be ready to do and you also have to be ready to have a plan that when you start feeling the withdrawals and the addictive this, where you need a hit again, like heroin, what are you going to do? You know, because in the moment that you really need that hit, you're going to text him or want to see him or run into him somehow. And then the process starts all over. So I think the best thing to know is the steps that you need to take, have a plan, educate yourself, have support around you of other women and friends that are going to say, this is not healthy for you. And just write it out. It's very difficult. It is sometimes, you know, nearly impossible. I hear women just crying out for help. But it's important to have the right people in your life if you want to leave a toxic relationship. And I think it's important to have the right professional help as far as what stage of you are in. I read something recently within business that typically if an entrepreneur grows a business where then it becomes like corporate and you have stocks and that kind of thing, that typically you need a different person to run the large business than you did the entrepreneur who is, you know, had to get savvy and had to do this. You know, once the business gets more stable, it's a different personality and knowledge needed to keep a business stable versus to get a business from zero to, to the point of stability. And I think about that in our healing process too, because, you know, the person who might, or the friend or the professional counselor or whoever, the coach might help you see what's happening in your relationship, then prepare you legally to get out. And then to help you you know, not focus the rest of your life on toxic relationships. You know, I always make a joke that it's no one's hobby. No one thought, oh, when I'm a little girl, I'm going to grow up and study narcissism. Then I'm going to be so happy. Like at at some point, that piece of your life, that processing piece uh, needs to be packed away in a healthy way. Mm -hmm. And then you're moving into growth. It's not just about being a toxic relationship survivor or even a toxic relationship, you know, thriver. 
It's just being amazing and being wonderful and being powerful and being happy and being well-loved and being excited. You know, it's not anything to do with the toxic relationship. Absolutely. And going back to what you said about support, uh, professional support, I'm uh, a big proponent of therapy and I am a coach and, and, and I feel that coaching and therapy can work simultaneously. I have myself, I have therapists and I also have coaches, but to know that this is beyond something that you can handle on your own and seek that out. And then, yeah, don't seek to just be a survivor. Seek to live your life fully, to thrive beyond your wildest dreams and to know your worth deep inside to where if anyone does anything remotely similar to the toxic relationship, you walk away instantly. So what is your favorite strategy as a coach for building self-worth or improving self-worth? Do you have any uh, favorite exercises or things that you like to do? You know, I don't really have a favorite. I just know what has worked for me and other people. Uh, And you just dig down into those wounds. And sometimes they go way back. Uh, We don't develop our uh, conscious mind until we're seven. So a lot of what we picked up was before that. So it's often just going in there and looking at the things that we don't want to look at, feeling the emotions. And here's the important part. Embrace what you feel. Embrace it. Oftentimes we want to get rid of it. We just want to throw it in trash. And we really have to like embrace the fear, embrace the, the, the issue that happened, whether it was sexual abuse or physical abuse as a child that caused us to feel so unworthy. And then to actually take those thoughts that we have been carrying around with us for who knows how many years. I use cognitive behavioral therapy and I have several methods that I use to get in there and to unwind those beliefs and rewire the brain. Yeah. So when you see a woman who is in her worth, especially since uh, you do work with people who are dating. Okay. So what's the woman describe the woman who goes into dating without seeing her worth. And then the woman who goes into dating, embracing her worth. Yeah. I love that question. Thank you. And I watched one of your, um, I think it was a video of yours. Hope. It's that hope thing, right? You go on a date and you hope this is the one. Like you're more interested in if they like you and you're not vetting them. So it's a completely different mindset. It's a completely different energy. Like, is this person right for me? What are they saying? And how does that fit into my plan and my life? Instead of, oh my gosh, I hope this is the one. I hope he likes me. I hope my hair looks okay. You know, I hope I said it right. It's a huge difference in dating. It's funny in the conversation on dating and then leaving toxic relationships. I asked one lady one time, she's trying to decide if she's going to stay or should she go? It was a boyfriend. So it wasn't an issue of breaking up a marriage, finding a new house, divorce. It wasn't anything like that boyfriend. And I said, I want you to make a dating profile for your current boyfriend, you know, Mm -hmm. does drugs sometimes only hits me sometimes cheats on me pretty often happens to still have a wife who he, (laughs) you know, and I, this is a person very successful financially, 
you know, this is this is not uh, someone who is I mean, this person is very successful. He was able to keep a wife, keep a girlfriend, keep two houses, buy people cars, you know, and just uh, kind of a wolf on Wall Street type personality, mm-hmm. if you've seen, seen that. And so I said, you know, can you imagine if someone's dating profile was the truth about him, you know, would you go out with him? And she goes, no. I said, but you are choosing him. Mm-hmm. When, when you know the truth about him, you are choosing him. Mm-hmm. Um, so even the people who are like, whoa, dating, that feels so far away. Make a pretend mock dating profile for the person that you're addicted to in your words or, you know, that you're um, so emotionally attached to trauma bonded, whatever um, language you want to use around that, where when you get on these emotional roller coasters and maybe going back, pull out that dating profile and say, no way, like what I choose this person and, and then really hold yourself accountable to not going back into the situation. Absolutely. And I call it just putting blinders on, right? Oh, well, the chemistry is so great. He's good looking. I feel so good when I'm around him. I feel comfortable. All of those are excuses for having blinders on and not looking at the real facts. And you have to hold yourself accountable. Oh, my gosh. I just went unconscious. I'm ignoring things that I shouldn't be ignoring. Check in with yourself. Are you really being conscious in your efforts to obtain a healthy relationship? Or are you just putting the blinders on and wondering what's going on? So, I mean, really, you know, looking at the facts, profile building is great on on the person. It's like, would you choose this person? Yes, you are choosing this person, but you're choosing this person subconsciously. There's some conscious need to be in a relationship with someone that you've normalized abuse with. And we do when we're growing up, uh, when we've had experiences, uh, when we're taught things. Our brain normalizes these things. And so therefore, when you meet someone, we don't realize that we just chose them based on the dysfunction that you share. So it it is work. It's work. You have to hold yourself accountable. Check in with yourself every few days. Notice that when you are high on this chemistry, that it's brain chemicals. And it does not mean that this person is the one. (laughs) It means that... uh... They have trained you and trained your body and nervous system uh, to be able to control you. Absolutely. And it happens so quickly. It is just absolutely amazing to me how quickly the brain does that. Yeah. Well, Lisa, tell people where they can find more out about you. Well, you can catch me on Facebook, Lisa Hawkins, Dating Relationship Coach. I have a website, consciouslyawakecounseling.com. I have an ebook called The Awakening which gives you information on how to be in a conscious relationship and things to look for on how we get into a toxic relationship. That's awesome. So my favorite question, if we Mm -hmm. got to broadcast your voice across the whole world from Mm -hmm. one, what would you want people to know? Listen to that small voice, the tiniest of voices, the one that we cover up so often sit with yourself and listen to it. It's hard sometimes to catch it, but that voice is the wisest voice. So try to listen to it. 
I love it. Lisa, you guys check out her book, The Awakening and Consciously Awake Counseling. And Lisa, thank you for helping us on our journey to becoming toxic person proof. Thank you so much. Have you ever heard anything on the Toxic Person Proof podcast or read anything in my book, Becoming Toxic Person Proof, and thought, oh my gosh, I just wish I had known this 10 years ago or 20 years ago, or I wish my daughter knew this. Well, if so, a way that you can help other women and other people on their journey to becoming toxic person proof and save them from the pain that you endured, the confusion you endured, is leaving a review. You don't have to use your real name. You can just go to reviews, hit those stars, hit a message, uh, go to Amazon, write, or go to Goodreads, write a review about toxic person proof, wherever you find yourself in the world and it is so helpful to other women to know this is information they can trust not just more information about narcissism but but tips tricks tools to help them move forward to build an amazing life after a toxic relationship thank you so much for those of you who've already written a review it's paying it forward helping the next woman uh as she sorts through information like okay this is what i need this is what i need so thank you so much for those of you who have left a review and if you haven't this is your chance so give me some stars and help other women on their journey to becoming toxic person proof Hello, wonderful. This is Sarah, and I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I know that there was something that you can take away to help you get past the past, get real about the present, or get serious about your future. And if I did my job, then hopefully it will help you with all three. If you are not in my Facebook group, Finding Love and Success After a Toxic Relationship, then consider this your personal invitation from me. I'm there live, there's tons of support, and most importantly, tons more information to help you on your journey to become toxic person proof.